right, well, I played the wrong intro there, so I'm going to skip that whole thing. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you saw, or uh, YouTube or uh, listening to the podcast, though, you, you saw slash heard it. Um, but anyway, welcome to another episode of Sharing Our Pairings. I'm your host, Trip, here with my co-host, Dennis. Uh, we're going to be smoking some cigars, drinking some beers. Um, man, I'm, I'm thrown off my game by putting the wrong intro in. Uh, I forgot to say that we're broadcast live on Facebook, uh, broadcast around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network, and uh, available on YouTube and whatever your favorite podcast, podcast catcher is. However you listen to them podcasts, uh, you can catch us there. Uh, so, Dennis, how are you doing tonight? What's up, buddy? Doing great. I'm pumped. I'm excited. We got some good stuff on the line for today. Yeah, I think so. Um, and we are here with a special guest co-host, uh, Blast from the Past, Rob Rasmussen from Mombacho Cigars. Rob, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, fellas. How are you guys doing? I'm awesome. Uh, as as astute viewers may notice, uh, we didn't have any podcasts last week. I had a, uh, a passing on my wife's side of the family, so we had to fly back east for that. Um, so apologies for anybody who was looking for us last week. Uh, but you know, things happen sometimes. Yeah, sorry to hear about that, man. Um, condolences to your uh, to your family. It's never easy when you lose somebody. Yeah. Um, so we're here to talk about. I mean, first of all, let's talk about the cigar because um, this is. What, I mean, when I first heard of Mombacha, I didn't really know what to think of, of them because they're like they were just unheard of in the U.S. at that point. And I've really come to love their cigars or your cigars, I guess. Uh, but we're smoking the Tierra Volcan. Uh, let me switch the camera here. Tierra Volcan. Uh, I'm smoking the Corto. Is that what you're smoking too, Rob? It is. Uh, and we're both actually, I don't know if people can see that or not. Uh, okay. We're both actually smoking um, uh, vintage. These are these are vintage, man. This is the old packaging. True vintage. Absolutely. Yeah, these are, uh, well, not true vintage, but uh, close enough. I know. I know. Um, yeah, so this is our uh, old packaging. Uh, things have changed in the last year or so, but uh, the blend is still the same. Dennis, what you're smoking the Classico, yeah? So I have the I have the Fino. Oh, the Fino, nice. And that's the new package. Oh, that's, yeah, it's the uh, updated uh, branding. Yes. So if you see the old brown and yellow on the shelf, uh, you're getting something that's got a little age on it. Um, if you're seeing that brown and gold, you're getting that new stuff. Now, even the brown and gold. I mean, um, I think the newest one I've seen was. I, I still haven't seen one from 2017 pop up. Everything yeah. I see is 2016. So it's it, for the most part, everything you're getting has about a year of age on it. All of our cigars sit in our um, our aging room uh, for six months before they're shipped out anyway. So even if you get a cigar that showed up the day before at your uh, your your local B&M, it's not going to be any uh, younger. Is that the right term? Yeah. Uh, then uh, fresher. I don't know what the term is, but then uh, six months. I mean, it's already got six months of age on it, at the yeah. very least. Even yeah. if you buy them at the factory, straight from the factory, as soon as they come out of the aging room, as soon as they're boxed, um, they've got six months on them, which is always yeah. nice. And when you come to the factory, and you should come to the factory, uh, Trip, you've been there. Dennis, you have not. A couple right? of times. No, not yet. Are you coming in January for no, uh, Piro Sabor? I, I feel like I should. I Trip think you should, too. talking about it, and, and I definitely want to come out. Yeah, there's a Piro Sabor is the last uh, weekend, which is the Nicaraguan Cigar Festival, uh, is the last weekend in January. I think it's the 20-something. I don't want to I believe say it's the date. 22nd this year, like the 22nd through the 27th. Something yeah, like something that. like that. And uh, our uh, the Mombacho 12th anniversary party, which everyone is invited to, 
uh, is the Saturday, February 3rd. So it's just, so make it into like a, a week and a half trip. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful. It's a great time of year to be down there too, man. Especially coming from New York. You're going to get down there, Dennis, and it's like, oh, 80, it's like 85 degrees. It's beautiful. The best time of year to be there. You know what? It really is. I like the heat is, is actually in Nicaragua. I hate mm. heat in general, but Nicaragua is great. It's always good to be there. Everything is good in Nicaragua, except the water. Everything but the water and, uh, well, actually, I was, I was going to say, like, the shower situation, mm-hmm. um, but pretty much everything related to water there is not ideal. Yeah, the pl- yeah maybe the plumbing situation is, uh, depending on where you are, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, seen, uh, I've seen both sides of that, where it's, uh, <laughs> it's a little sketchy, <laughs> and uh, also where it's like, wow, this is a pretty sweet place. I mean, some of the, some of the places down there, man, especially in Granada. Uh, I mean, and Esteli is, is a different beast than Granada. Um, uh, I mean, they're both great towns, but uh, Granada, Granada is a bit more of a tourist type destination. Um, and uh, some of the places that you can rent out, man, they don't look like much from the outside. As soon as you walk in, it's like 14 foot ceilings and there's a pool in the living room and it's uh, it's beautiful stuff, man. And they're like 100 bucks a night. So it's crazy. Yeah. That's fantastic. <clears throat> yeah, I've been to a couple of places like that and it's kind of incredible. Hmm. Uh, but we're not here to talk about the tourism industry in Granada. We're here to talk about beer. Yeah, baby. Uh, well, and cigars. So cool. I'm going to introduce my first beer. Uh, I, I feel like we're going to go into After Dark here because we have nine beverages to get through. <laughs> uh, I wasn't thinking ahead when we planned this out, but I'm okay with that. So my first beer is from Freem Family Brewers, and this is their Pilsner. Um, there's, they don't give like those, uh, you know, those, those kind of like lofty descriptions they don't typically do that um but this frame was founded in 2012 in hood river oregon they are uh they were founded by a guy named josh Freeme, and he had previously worked at full sale chuck and nut and utah brewers cooperative um and decided he wanted to make his own beer so he uh he just decided to go out and do it and the result is a really interesting brewery that focuses on kind of belgian and they say they focus on Belgian Pacific Northwest styles, but they really kind of focus on anything they think they can make good. Um, Cause they've got like the craziest range of beers, everything from a scotch barrel aged sour to like, you know, your typical barrel aged Imperial stouts, IPAs of every variety. Um, they, they're kind of all over the map, but I've never had a beer from them that I would call bad. Um, so this is their Pilsner. Uh, they say it's just, as refreshing and flavorful as its European cousin with aromas of fresh flowers and honey. Um, they've managed to fit the Pacific Northwest in each bottle. That got a little flowery, a little more flowery than they usually are. <laughs> um, and this clocks in at 4.9% ABV, which all of my beers kind of fall in that range. What are you drinking first, Dennis? So my, my first beer is a uh, kind of an homage to you. I know you're, <laughs> you're a huge fan of this guy. It's, I love it. I'm obsessed with this beer. It's Westbrook Key Lime Goza. Which is by far, and I've had so many key lime beers, and this one by far is, is it's incredible. I think it's the best one on the market. And, you know, hands down, hard to get for, I guess for you guys, it's pretty hard on the West Coast to get it. It sells out pretty uh, quickly. Right? Impossible. 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 You, wow. It, okay. it doesn't even make it out to where I am at all. They have no distribution in Oregon. I'm not sure about California, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that they're I've never very seen. readily available. Oh, man. All right. So I'm going to send some packages out then. And and as we've talked about before, they're kind of the gold standard for Goza. Yeah, absolutely. 
super clean, really fresh, got that really nice balance of that salt, a little bit of coriander. And so, so these guys are actually based out of South Carolina. For those of you listening that don't know, they're based out of Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. And they're, they're actually pretty well known, not just for this gosa, but they're also well known for the, you may have heard of the, the Mexican cake, their oh. Imperial Stout, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. That one I've heard of, and I've, but I've never, uh, again, like Tripp said, that does not make it out to California. I've and always it, wanted to try that pretty one, but I've never, I have to say, I've never found that one. It's uh, So they use habanero peppers for that one, actually, and it, it comes out, oh, watch out really well balanced. Yeah, it's, wow. it's hot, but it's really well balanced. I haven't gotten into the uh, the spice, the chili beer yet, like the spicy beers. That's not, I don't know, maybe I just haven't had a good one, but. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's I mean, easy to overdo. Although I know in, you've had a couple, like Chocoveza and uh, well, yeah, but that's that's Prairie bit, Bomb. Yeah, that's a bit more muted, at least in my. To me, it is. That's I don't get a ton of that spice. It's more of like a a peppery flavor as opposed to a yeah. spice that I get out of those. Um, like there's there's one uh, brewery that's around here that does a they do a chili um, just a chili pale ale or a chili blonde or something like that. And it just tastes like it's spicy, and it almost tastes like salsa. I just, I'm not really, I'm not really. Yeah, yeah. We have a place around here that makes a habanero colch mm. that is like, it's just not pleasant to drink. It's just yeah. like, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, actually, one that comes to mind is habanero sculpin. Habanero yeah. sculpin is just habanero so hot. Habanero sculpin is the gold standard for, for spicy beers that are actually drinkable, I feel like. I, I don't feel like that's drinkable. I feel like that's no. too hot to be drinkable. <laughs> and I, I put uh, Dave's Gourmet Ghost Pepper chili or ghost pepper sauce on my breakfast oh, wow. like two days ago and that beer is too spicy for me wow for me that's a that's definitely like you can say like a wine is like a food wine like you want to have some kind of like yeah. you're eating while you're drinking it to me that's a food beer um i've had it with indian food and i've had it with um uh, uh with like just tacos mexican food enchilada stuff like that it, it's really good with mexican food i've found that, actually that sounds like the right way to drink it yeah for me, um, I'm uh, I'm trying a new brewery here, and uh, I pulled up their website. They're called Eagle Rock Brewery, and they are in um, Los Angeles, California, <clears throat> which, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with California, is about five hours, six hours away from where I live in Northern California. Um, pretty cool uh, can. I'm anything that's orange, I'll probably buy it if it's in a can or something like that. Just I've I've just finally come to grips that orange is my favorite color, and I just kind of roll with it. Um, you'll notice the Cosecha bands were orange. The first uh, cigar band I had a chance to design, of course, was going to come out in orange, uh, but uh, luckily they look they turned out pretty good. At least I like them. So yeah, they good. look good. Um, so this is a this is the manifesto from Eagle Rock Brewery, and it's the Belgian it's a Belgian style wit. Um, so it pours out a little bit. Uh, that looks a little bit brighter yellow with the lighting, but uh, pretty cloudy. Um, has that kind of Belgian, Belgian-y kind of uh, yeasty, bready nose to it. Uh, there is zero information about this particular beer on their website. Uh, there's a page for it, but there's nothing on it. So as far as the beer is actually concerned, I don't really know much about it. It's available year-round. Um, it's been around since the brewery opened up in 2009, so uh, relatively new. Um, and so far so good. The brewery or the beer is pretty tasty. Um, my local spots uh, that I, I tend to, uh, frequent for, uh, you know, our shows here, I do, uh, it's called, um, uh, Monument Liquors and they have a ton of beer. Like their beer section is amazing. So much stuff. And, uh, the nice thing is you can just buy one, you don't have to, you pay a little extra, but it's nice to not have to buy a six pack or a four pack nowadays. 
of uh, 16 ounce cans to try something new. So, yeah. uh, so far so good, man. Uh, so I'm going to talk about my, my first pairing here. So I forgot to show it. So th this is actually the clearest of the bunch tonight. Um, which, I mean, this doesn't look like a Pilsner that I'm used to drinking. No, it's kind of like yeah. a it's cloudy cool. yellow. Um, and this goes really nice with this cigar. Like it's kind of got that like hoppy floral character with a little bit of citrus. And mm. it, it's not, I mean, maybe I'm just used to, to heavier beers, but it's nice and light, but it's not, um, it doesn't taste anemic like some of those macro brew Pilsners uh, that are just kind of watery. Uh, it's got a lot of flavor, but it's that Pilsner flavor, which is kind of nice. Yeah, little that's, malty, that's, little hoppy. That's nice when you can find that in a Pilsner. It's tough to find these days. Nobody really, uh, nobody, nobody, uh, that's not the cornerstone of anybody's, any micro brews is their Pilsner, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. At least, at least in, uh, in yeah. the States. Um, but, uh, we did a show back when, uh, when John and I were hosting way back in the day when we hosted the show, uh, and we had Claudio on his master blender of, uh, Mombacho and it was an all Pilsner show. And that was by his request. And mm -hmm. I mean, he's Italian, so he likes Pilsners are their Pilsners are big in Europe, at least what I've seen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are. And so it was, it was a, an all Pilsner show. I think I had one that was like a wasabi cucumber pilsner or something wow. just like what did i what did i even buy like i i didn't see i just saw pilsner i didn't see the wasabi and cucumber part and there wasn't a picture of wasabi or like a picture of a cucumber on there so i had no reason to think that's what the flavor was and it was it actually turned it out turned out being pretty good um but yeah pilsner uh with this particular blend uh for the terrible can is uh it's a nice pairing it's just kind of a, a palate cleanser it's refreshing it doesn't do too much to the flavor yeah i'm i'm kind of liking the uh there's a heavier maltiness in this beer than I was expecting. It's kind of, it's a little bit sweeter and has a little bit more mm. body than I expected. And I find that goes really well with the spice of the Cordo. How's the yeah. carbonation on that? Uh, kind of average, actually. It's it's not you would expect champagne -y. For Yeah, exactly. It's not quite champagne-y, um, but it's a, a, I guess it's a little, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. It's a little more carbonated than like a typical Pilsner. Yeah, I've noticed that the the pilsners based out of the U.S. they they kind of have a little bit more of the flower note. They have more of that um, carbonation compared to the yeah. European pilsners, the classic pilsners. What we you know what we think of classic pilsners as. Yeah, it's kind of got um, not not quite like that champagne yeast kind of carbonation, but it's a little bit more velvety than most Ooh, pilsners okay. are. Because I think of a pilsner, I kind of think of like a, a seltzer water kind of amount of carbonation. Uh, which is different from a normal beer. You know, those larger bubbles. How's your first pairing, Dennis? So I'm loving it, man. And it's not just because I love the beer, which I do. Um, it's gorgeous. It really is. My camera doesn't do it justice, but it's it's a beautiful beer. It it smells like apricots. Just wonderful. Apricots and, and that lime, that kind of like, that astringent sort of sourness that you get from a lime, mm -hmm. from the rind. And it's it it's not overpowering the cigar, which I think is awesome. Nice. How about you, Robbie? Um... <clears throat> You know, I actually wanted to get, um, to be on the darker side of beers. I wanted to get like an amber ale, something like that, uh, to start with. <clears throat> I was worried that going with an IPA was going to be too much hops. Um, going with a pale ale had the chance to be really boring. And so this, this wit beer to me seemed like a good idea. Um, not so much. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, the beer, the beer itself is good, but it's really, really fruity. It's surprisingly yeah. fruity. Um, uh, it's fruity on the nose, and that you just get a ton of fruit uh, in the mouth. And like, uh, like 
orange zest and and uh, and like citrusy acidic fruit flavors yeah mm-hmm. and so it's it's kind of running over the um the kind of coffee notes and the sweet notes and uh, earthy stuff that you're getting from the cigar so it's really there uh it's a combative relationship absolutely so we're gonna go ahead and just move this off screen here is that one was a loser unfortunately yeah that's the way she goes uh, before we get into our next pairing, and I forgot to mention at the top of the show, we have a little giveaway tonight. Before we get into that, I'm going to take our first break here. We'll be right back. Makers of the world's finest cigars, try the 93-rated Heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuador, and Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvania, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaraguan available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. big and we're back um and right before we went to the break there i mentioned a little giveaway so rob has two mambacho t-shirts that will be given away tonight yeah, baby. Um, over the over the course of the show go ahead and ask us a question in the comments on facebook and at the end of the show however many people have commented we'll go through and do a random drawing for uh to give away those t-shirts so yeah. i'm going to talk about my next pairing here I'm just going to kind of introduce it. So this is from Block 15, who I've featured a couple times in the last few weeks. Um, they're not as new as I thought they were. The last time I had them on the show, I I said that they didn't really disclose how when their brewery was founded anywhere. Um, but I did find out they were founded in 2008, but they didn't they didn't really start distributing up towards the Portland area until maybe last year, the year before. Uh, they're based in Corvallis, and they were just kind of like a, a local tap house. So now their thing is their main stay is Sticky Hands that I've had had on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, and their whole thing is they deliver everything weekly. Um, so sometimes if there's a limited edition, it'll only be out for like a week. They're they're very limited and um, they sell out pretty quick, but. If you are in the Portland area or Corvallis area, anywhere in kind of northern Oregon, um, you can find out their schedule, their delivery schedule on their site. Um, so you can see what day of the week they're going to be delivering to the shops in your city. But this is their Gloria Unfiltered Pilsner. It's got a really weird, like I keep looking at this logo thinking that it's hiding something, like there's some it's sort of so thing that I'm missing. But it's like just a weird sun. sun. Yeah, it's just a no. weird sun. Um I mean, I, I went into the store expecting to get a Pilsner and like a Porter and maybe just something else. Um, and I ended up with three Pilsners just because they all sounded different and interesting. So I'm excited to try this one. Dennis, what are you drinking? So let me switch over to my next one. The next beer that I'm drinking is it's an, it's an American uh, Pale Ale from Karn, who I've, you know, we, we both had a couple of times over the last few shows. Um, and this, this is there. So this is called the, the Boat Session Ale. And this is kind of their, when, when people think about Cardin, this is the beer that everyone thinks about. It's the most readily accessible, the most kind of easy to drink for anybody who has the most kind of crazy palate. Whatever you like, you're probably going to like this beer. Uh, just because it's just super easy to drink. It's made with um, Kohl's yeast and German malts. And it's super light. It's, it's, it's 4.2%. It's pretty light. Got a nice little haze going. And it goes so well with everything. It's just one of those beers that you can sit and you can drink all day and you can have three or four of them and not, you know, feel terrible afterward. Mm-hmm. 
That's always a good thing. So it's and a session. You know, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, definitely session. Although, what was the what was the ABV on it? I'm sorry. It's uh, four point two. I've noticed that, yeah. that that number on session ales keeps going up and up and up. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. that way, huh? It's uh, I, I had uh, <clears throat> a friend of uh, of ours uh, is from Chico, and she gave us uh, like a twelve pack of uh, Sierra Nevada fresh hop versions of all the, a, a few of their different beers. And there was a, a fresh hop session IPA in there, and it's like five point two percent. I'm like, wait a second, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's not a session beer. Sierra Nevada in their. Uh, do you remember the Brew Camp be, mm-hmm. Beer Camp? I think it was yeah. series. That oh, they Beer did. Camp was. So they had those yeah. like twelve packs that had. Um, I think they had six different. No, they had twelve different beers in at least the first year. I think the second year was six different beers, but one of them was in imperial session ipa which is just That's a regular right. ipa <laughs> i remember that i think i i think i did that one on the show once because it was just i mean the name was so oxymoronic uh, it, it reminds me of that uh caldwell did a cigar a couple years ago that was like the double wide short churchill <laughs> yeah like I, I remember that actually yeah yeah but it sounds about right that's funny um but yeah the the uh the beer camp uh 12 pack this year was all was 12 different beers, and there were a few cans in there. One of them was a, uh, a, a East Coast or East Meets West IPA. Like they did an East Coast IPA with like West Coast hops or something. I don't know. But mm. it was it was with Trillium, and it was fantastic. Oh, man. And, I, I, I didn't know they did beer camp this year. I must have just missed the boat on that entirely. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it anywhere. I bought the whole 12-pack just for that one beer. <laughs> it's and I wish Absolutely. If, if they would have sold 12-packs of that beer, I would have bought several of them. It was fantastic. Um, so, uh, jumping into my next, uh, my next beer here, let me set this up so I can see what I'm doing. Uh, this is, uh, another local brewery that I just recently found. Cause again, they just started, uh, uh, distribution in my area. They're local, but I, I don't know if they were just, uh, weren't dis- distributing before or not. Uh, but this is a uh, Morgan territory brewing. Uh, they started in Antioch, California, which is about 15 minutes away from me. Um, and they had kind of like a, kind of like a, uh, a, a brewery pub restaurant type situation so they could only only had so much space to brew beer and then they ended up buying a space in tracy california which is about 45 minutes away give or take to the east and um now they're they're doing uh, a lot more than they were before they have a lot more space to work with this is their uh the highland marauder and the bottle is pretty cool i liked the artwork on it oh that's yeah great. yeah that's what it, the artwork caught my attention and it's a scotch ale which uh scotch ale was something that i, I was looking to find uh, to try and pair with this because I just feel like something that's on the bit more on the multi side might pair uh, pretty nicely. Uh, this one's a bit aggressive though. Um, comes in at eight percent ABV, so it's a little bit on the high side. Uh, let me see what they uh, have to say on their website hey, man, here. That's like a session beer for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those those session numbers just keep going up. Um, okay, so here it's twenty two IBUs. They have seven point eight ABV on the website. It's gone up a little bit since then. Um, it's a scotch ale by style, uh, big flavors, six different malts, <clears throat> a lot of boiling. Um, and they use a little bit of, uh, uh peated, uh, peated barley in there. Ooh. Oh yeah. Or, pe- or peated malt. Cool. So I'm curious to see how, uh, that's really gonna, how that's going to go with the, the flavors in the Jerval can. Uh, it's won some awards, 2000 California state fair. I've got the first place blue ribbon. Um, 
and their website is morganterritorybrewing.com. Been around since 2014, so uh, pretty uh, pretty new brewery on the scene, but uh, I've had a few different things from them. Everything's been pretty good, so I'm curious to see how this is going to go. Um, before I talk about my second pairing, um, <clears throat> I want to talk about some of the comments that we have here. So we do have a question from Jason Sobka, and I feel like I could actually answer this question for you, uh, but I'm not going to. Depending so, on what the question is, I might ask you to. Uh, he wants, he says, you've been in the industry for ages, and why Mombacho? What made you choose Ooh. to actually enter the industry with Mombacho uh, rather ages. than A, stay as a blogger, or B, <laughs> choose a different company? Um, and he says I, you I, can't say this because they make good cigars. Well, that's that's part of it. <clears throat> um no, that's a good question. Uh, who asked the question again? Jason Savka. He's up Jason. in Canada. In Canada. Okay, Jason, thanks for the question. I feel like I know Jason. The name sounds really familiar. Um, anyway, why did I choose? First of all, it's been in the industry for ages. Um, thanks for that. Um, the uh, Why did I pick Mombacho? It was, it, it was one of those kind of perfect storm type situations. I wasn't really looking to get into the industry with I mean, everything coming down with the FDA and things like that. And this was a year ago, so there was even less, well... There might have been more clarity a year ago than there is now. I, I would say there was more yeah. uncertainty a year ago. Yeah, I don't know. A it's, year ago, the sky was falling. Yeah, it was that's true. It was scary. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and it still is. And who knows what's going to happen. Um, I'm I'm actually uh, hopeful. Uh, more hopeful now than I have been. Uh, more hopeful now even than when I started. Uh, but for me, it just seemed like an option or an opportunity to, to get into an industry that I'm passionate about. And with a company that I'd gotten to know a little bit. And uh, I mean, Trip, you, you know what I'm talking about with getting to know some of these guys. And Dennis, you're, I mean, you've just started uh, doing this side of the industry. You've been around yep. on SigFed for a while, but uh, getting mm -hmm. to know some of these guys and, and uh, doing business with them in a sense, uh, you you uh, kind of see, you get a peek behind the curtain a little bit and see some of these people that you're, you have an opportunity to work with. And uh, Claudio uh, is one of the He's one of the best guys in the industry, just a genuine good person. Um, and uh, to be able to work with him was uh, kind of a no-brainer. Um, the cigars, I always liked the cigars, obviously, I mean, with uh, Tierra Volcan and, and uh, Liga Maestro. I think if you go back and look at some of my reviews, they were all pretty highly rated. Um, but to me, it was just an opportunity to get into something that I'm passionate about with a group of guys that uh, I like their direction and a company that I could grow with. You know, I mean, Mombacho has been around for 12 years, but in the United States, we're still really new. So um, that was all very attractive to me. And that's, yeah, that's kind of a long-winded answer. But yeah, I, w I was going to go with the short answer of the people. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I've i spent some time with the people at Mombacho, and I just cannot speak highly enough of them. I mean, it's it's not to downplay whatever what other people in the industry are doing or, you know, speak bad about them or anything like that. But it's very rare that you see someone kind of partying with their employees in the cigar industry. It's in Nicaragua. That's just not how life is done. Um, the employees go to work, no matter how much they love their job. At the end of the day, they go home. And Claudio parties with his employees. He, you know, takes them out, feeds them dinner, stuff like that. Just, just because it's fun. And that, I mean, that just speaks to the kind of guy uh, Claudio is. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I've told this story before, <clears throat> I think even on the show, but uh, the my second day with the company, I was in Nicaragua, and I was in the factory in Granada, and we're having a meeting, and it was just about noon, and a bell rings, and it's like a like an elementary school bell, and uh, when that rings, everybody stops, and everybody gets up <clears throat> and has lunch together, 
and I mean, we feed all of our employees lunch. It's not like uh, we don't charge them for it or it's just mm -hmm. they don't have to bring their own lunch. They just come in and we feed them lunch. And it's not like we here's a snack machine or something. We have someone who cooks lunch for everybody and uh, everybody sits down and eats together. And I was eating with some of the rollers and bancheros and we didn't speak a lot of the same language. And I was trying to figure <laughs> out what I was eating because I didn't know what it was. And so trying, and it's just one of those experiences where it's like, wow, you know, I really did. I made the right decision here. Yeah, and then you and then you come out to the anniversary party, which, like I said, everybody's invited to, um, February third, two thousand eighteen. Um, it's the bulk of the people at the party are the uh, the guys who work in the factory and their families and their kids, and we bring them out. We have an we uh, get a private island in uh, Lake Nicaragua, and if you've seen Lake Nicaragua, you know how big it is. Um, so we've got this island to ourselves, and, you know, there's a soccer field and there's a volleyball court and we've got a big barbecue going. Everybody's having a great time. And 85% of the people there, it's not, you know, investors in the company or, uh, you know, guys who spend a lot of money and those guys are there too. But it, the bulk of it is the, the, the folks who work in the factory and who make the cigars and, and their families. And it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to be a part of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so now I'm going to talk about my beer now that we've thoroughly answered that question. Um, <laughs> I'll keep going. You guys have to cut me off, man. I'm not really sure what to think about this one. For a Pilsner, this is a funky Pilsner. I don't know if I would even qualify it as a Pilsner. It's got like, it's definitely got that body of a Pilsner with that little bit of malty sweetness and a little bit of hops, but there's like a weird, like funky sour component that wow. I just can't wrap my head around. And I can't even decide whether it goes well with the cigar or not. And I, I noticed I did forget to mention, um, I, I forgot to give their description of the beer. So they call, they say European and Oregon grown hops impart citrus and floral spice while select lager yeast finishes clean and refreshing. And that's, I'm not sure about that part. It, it finishes funky and uh, a little bit sour, which is weird. Oh, that's the opposite of clean and refreshing. Yeah, exactly. And it's, <laughs> it, it clocks in at a slightly higher than my last one, 5% ABV. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty hot for a Pilsner. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah I just uh, can't figure out that, that funk. <clears throat> that's, yeah, you don't expect much funk from a Pilsner. Um, I, I mean, I think part of that is because it is unfiltered. So there is, you know, some yeast in there and some top resin and stuff like that. But it's just it's weird to me. Hmm. So, Rob, you, you mentioned not being too sure about a, a pale ale, right? Yeah. And as, as I'm drinking this and smoking the cigar... You know, I love the beer on its own. It's great. With the cigar, I don't know. I think the hops are just, it's a little bit too much. It's, it's, uh, it, it's kind of sticks to your palate and stays there. Yeah. You're getting me worried sour, about my next was, What's that? You're getting me worried about oh. my next beer. <laughs> Might be good. And, and actually, I just wanted to say to, to Rob's point previously talking about Bombacho in general, that was really interesting for me to hear because you look at the industry over the last, let's say, 10 years. You have companies that, you know, a lot of these smaller boutique companies coming out. The fact that so many companies, Mombacho especially, takes this little extra step to, to be more personal with their employees, with their customers, with everybody else in the industry. It brings everybody together a lot more. It makes the product that much better, I feel like, because the point is not so much about the product, but about the process. Absolutely. And that's what separates handmade cigars, right? Say the line, Rob. What? Oh, happy pe happy people make happy cigars. Absolutely, <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. You but what, what, did you, what did you say? It's not so much about the product; it's about the process. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Can I steal? Can I steal that? Yeah, please. Thank you. 
I'm going to write that down and we're going to go ahead and trade that trademark that here in a minute. I like that. <clears throat> that was good. <laughs> and it's, it's exciting. Like Tripp said, right? Hanging out with, with the employees, partying with the employees, going out, talking to people. It, it's so much more personal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one thing to, you know, you're hanging out with them. You're having dinner with them, everything. Claudio knows everybody. And I think Mo even does too. Mo is our national sales manager and, uh, uh, brand owner for Patina, which uh, I don't know if you guys have smoked Patina. I think we're going to try to do some Patina pairing shows as well uh, in the future. Um, I think Mo even knows everybody's name. I've only been down to the factory a couple of times, so I haven't uh, had the chance to meet everybody yet. But they know everybody by name. And there's something that's that's very attractive about that as far as being surrounded by people you want to work with. You know what I mean? And yeah. Um, yeah, just the fact that the president of the company knows everybody's name, to me, just kind of says it all. And I, I wasn't going to tell the whole story, but now that Dennis mentions it, I'm going to tell the story. <laughs> so the last time, we, so after we did Cigar Safari this year, um, you know, everybody else went home and we had scheduled just like an extra day in Granada to just, just so that like we could go idea. see the Lombacho factory. Um, and Claudio figured out the hotel and everything for us. Um, and Rob, or uh, sorry, Logan and John, had to they had early flights like 8 a.m or something wait a second wait 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 did you just confuse me and logan I, actually i was gonna say john's name first <laughs> but i i switched out your name for it anyway all right sorry go ahead um but they had an early flight and i i had an evening flight that night just because that's the way i'd scheduled it because i figured why not spend most of the day in granada and claudio's like well we're going out to that private island tomorrow you want to come and i was like sure and he picked me up in a bus and he had three or four of the rollers and boncheros. Uh, Benito was there. Scarletta was there. Um, and uh, Oliver. And, uh, and Oliver brought his son. And we just went and we hung out on the island, awesome. had lunch, had some drinks. It was like, it felt like hanging out at a family barbecue kind of thing. And that was just a Sunday for them. Like, that's, cool. that's just what Claudio does every, once in a while, just to have a little bit of fun. He invites whoever wants to go. Yep. And then at the end of the day, he dropped everybody back off at their house and dropped That's me cool. off at the airport. And it was just a really cool experience to see that side of the company. That's cool. Oliver is uh, the general manager of Casa Favilli, which is our factory in Granada. Uh, Scarlett is our hospitality manager. And uh, Benoit is, or Benoit or Benito, um, is our agronomist. <clears throat> and I had to look up agronomist when he told me he was an agronomist. So I'm going to make <laughs> you look it up too. But no, it's, that's, that's, uh, we've got a really good team down there and, um, I, I'm excited, man. I haven't been, I haven't been down there since January. So to go back, uh, in about, a, I don't know, about two months, uh, is, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to try to get down there for pure support this year, but that ends up being a pretty long stay um, yeah. <clears throat> down there. So we'll see, we'll see how it works. But, um, I want to jump in on this pairing because, uh, um, yeah, we got a little off track there. No, that's fine. Which I is mean, fine. We're here to talk about, we could talk about Mombacho all day. That's what we're here for. But uh, um, the, the I found the perfect freaking pairing here. So I thought when once I looked at this, <clears throat> I really wanted to buy it because of the bottle. Again, I just think that's really cool. It looks like something I'd get tattooed on me somewhere. If bad, I was, yeah. yeah, if I was more of a badass, I would do that. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm not. Um, and I was reading the, the description and I got through all this. I'm thinking rich caramel toffee flavors and a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of malty notes. I'm thinking, okay, good. And then I get to this, oh, peated malt. Okay, well, maybe maybe that's not going to be that that good of a pairing. The peat is really only on the nose, but that still impacts the flavor. 
but the, mm-hmm. the the caramel, the toffee, that maltiness, it's a really it's perfect beer for tonight because it feels like it's about to start pouring rain. And so this is a perfect beer for that. And the pairing is just it brings out everything that I like about this uh, terrible can, but kind of amps it up a little bit because this isn't the strongest cigar in the world. It's medium strength across the board, but it's packed with a lot of flavor, but it's, it really feel like it's bringing that flavor to the next level. I'm getting more of that coffee that uh, is kind of mixing in with that caramel and that toffee. And that's always good. And um, <clears throat> some more of those earthy notes and then getting out a nice, like cinnamon kind of sweetness coming out of the cigar as well. Uh, they pair, this pairing is really, really nice. I wanted to go with something more on the malty side, mainly because of the weather, and I feel like it's really going to be that kind of a pairing. But, yeah, this is – I'd never paired uh, Tierra Volcan with anything malty before, and uh, this is definitely the way to go. That sounds really good. Um, we're, we're like 10 minutes late for our second break here, so we're going to take that before we move on. Um, but, you know, that happens when you're talking about Mombacho. We'll be right back. Our wrapper's cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today. We're back. uh, All right, and we're back. Um, and so while we were talking about Mombacho, I went back to that funky, weird Pilsner, the Gloria Block 15 or Block 15 Gloria, rather. I feel like that, that kind of weird malty funk is actually pairing better with the cigar than I expected. Like if I was drinking the beer alone, I feel like it would just be like kind of off-putting, but it actually brings out a little bit more flavor in the cigar. And that's what we were just talking about during the break is how every time we smoke the cigar, it's just a little different. There's a lot yeah, of complexity. I mean, yeah. the, the core experience um, that that I get every time I smoke um, uh, Tierra Volcan is, is kind of the same. I mean, it's it's a medium strength cigar. I know I'm going to get, I get a lot of coffee out of this cigar. Not, not, some people don't. Um, I get a little bit of chocolate. I get a little bit of uh, kind of an earthy spice. Nothing over the top, more like a baking spice. Not too specific, but just a little bit of heat to it. And, you know, more earthy notes. Um, but just a ton of flavor, not a lot of strength. And, but every time I feel like, and it depends on how old the cigar is. Like, Trip, when you're when we get down, or you just took your band off. It was perfect yep. timing. What, what's the date on your band? I'm I, I was going to say, are we going to play that game? Uh, <laughs> so mine is March of 2015. So that's, nice. like, that's okay. two and a half years. Focus. Yeah, that's two and a half years old. And I don't know, let me see what mine is. But when these old Cortos, man, there's something magic about these cigars. I don't, I don't know what, like, two and a half years does to these. Oh wow! This that one is it's June two thousand fourteen. Wow! Wow! That thing is old school. Wow! That's a that's a keeper. June two thousand fourteen. So I know, I know mine is newer, but I'm gonna have to look now. Yeah, absolutely. So this is yeah, this is over three years old. Crap! Wow! So I guess you can see two twenty fifteen. August twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. So those we didn't release those bands until I mean that was like. It was late last 2016, year. right? Yeah, late 2016 when we did that. It was right around when I started. And uh, so, yeah, they were banded a year before then. That's funny. Um, but, yeah, you get as – I mean, the same thing with any cigar. As they age, you get different flavors. But the one thing I like about these uh, – where how we date the back of these bands is you can really get an idea of the exact same blend, what it does over time. So, like, mm-hmm. I can go in the house right now and grab one that I know is at least at least a year 
younger than this and smoke it right after and, and kind of compare. And I just think that's a pretty cool feature to be able to do that. But seriously, man, it, just about anything you see with these old bands on it. That's, oh, it's that's going to be money. Yeah. That's or, or those Red League of Maestro bands. Yeah, those, those, are nice. those, are, those don't even exist. Barely. It's, <laughs> those, that's a fairy tale. No, they do. Um, it's funny. I had somebody ask me if we were going to make, uh, if we were ever going to make another uh, torpedo. And I thought, we've never made a torpedo. Like, yeah, we did. In that original Italian release, there was a torpedo in there. <laughs> so I keep bugging Claudio. Or I don't know. It was Yeah, it was a torpedo, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, there was definitely a torpedo yeah. in there. So I, I keep bugging Claudio to do that. So maybe we can, uh, we can revive the torpedo. We'll start, a, we'll start a hashtag and a movement to revive the torpedo. But uh, um, yeah, those, if you can find them. If you can find them. I've never seen them in the wild before. Although I hear there's places that have them. I, uh, my local shop has them or, or had them. I, I don't remember last time I was there if they still had them or not. Hmm. Yeah, I, know, uh, I know they did. When we, we, did, uh, we did a thing on, um, there's a Facebook group called Fat Ash. And we were a sponsor yep. for uh, Fat Ash in September. And there was uh, you know, a bunch of guys going out and, um, and you know, taking pictures and buying mambachos and smoking and stuff. It was great. And uh, so we've, we've gained a pretty good following in that group specifically because these guys went out and tried a cigar that if they had, if they'd heard of it before, they hadn't smoked it. So to see a bunch of people experience the cigar for the first time was a lot of fun. And one guy found, he had, oh, I got a Liga Maestro and it had a red band on it. And I kind of freaked out a little bit. I'm like, dude, where did you buy that? <laughs> like, where did you even find it? And he's like, oh, it's this place in Chicago. And then I guess every, like people are going up there and like trying to get what's left of these of these red bands because there's if there are 50 boxes of those floating around the entire country i'd be surprised wow i'd be surprised these are going right. to be around for a while because i mean we just changed the bands about a year ago so yeah. you're going to keep seeing these from a branding standpoint that makes my job a little bit tougher but at the same time um i think over the last year the brand has gained enough traction where people recognize the difference as opposed yeah. to being confused by it so now they've become kind of a sought after cigar which is great so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up my last beer here. Um, so this I don't want to move on from my pairing. Dude. This is too good. I know. But you can go back to it. <laughs> Ooh, I promise. Nice label. So, yeah. So this is from That's Level cool. Beer. So their whole their whole theme, I'm really surprised because I haven't been to their tap house. But they don't – I would think their tap house was like an arcade. And it doesn't sound that way from the website. But all of their bottles and cans that I've seen are kind of video game themed. So this is – their let's play dry hopped pilsner and if you look right there this is the fresh hop edition um so this is i mean i just had to buy this first of all because it's a pac-man label i mean you can't i would have bought it here with the pac-man label yeah same um, but then it's a fresh hopped lager which is just a a concept that you don't come across every day so that's true they, so you keep talking about new breweries these guys were founded last year wow uh, they're based in Northeast Portland. Nice. Uh, awesome. Their focus is on lighter alcohol styles, um, Pilsners and Saisons and stuff like that. But they do also have uh, some hoppier and barrel-aged and sour kind of stuff. And they're only a 20-barrel production facility, which is pretty small, uh, relatively speaking to other brewer other microbreweries. Um, and again, this is their Let's Play Dry Hop Pilsner. And it is just like the last one, five percent ABV. I'm I'm looking forward to trying this one. It's got a really nice, like foamy head on it. Ooh, that looks good. Oh, there we go. Look at that focus. Um, and it's I'm assuming unfiltered because <laughs> it's pretty cloudy. I mean, this is the 
the yellowest, cloudiest one I've had yet. So I'm going to take a couple sips while you talk about yours, guys. Yeah. So, so my next, my last pairing is Rob's one of Rob's favorite beers. Yeah, baby. I I was so close to picking this beer today. <laughs> so close. Death by Coconut Oscar Blues, yeah. man. It's it's so a good. Irish Porter comes in at six point five percent. And uh, Oscar Blues now, I guess they have originally they're from Longmont. Long, hold on, I'll tell you, <laughs> Longmont, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, but they, they have a location now in North Carolina. They have a location in Austin, Texas, as well. And this beer is super dark, super malty. Uh, let me try to. You guys can see it. Just beautiful. It looks gorgeous. And it's a little bit different. So this is an Irish porter. For those of you that don't know, uh, many of you guys are probably used to seeing London porters, right? The difference between the two is, is kind of subtle, and you have to taste a couple to really pick it up. But essentially, a, a, an Irish porter doesn't have brown malts. Really? I didn't know that. So a London porter, on the other hand, does have brown malts. The Irish porters focus mainly on the darker stuff. So they get that almost like a, a, a burnt malt quality to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what separates them from the typical, what, what most people are used to seeing, the London porters, which are mostly brown malt, actually. So it's the other side of the the uh, the porter spectrum, but this beer is fantastic. It, it, it's one of my favorite. And I love just that speaking beer. about Oscar Blues, I I think it was a couple of years ago. I was at an event and I met some of the reps. And I don't know if it's true or not, but one of one of these reps told me basically, you know, at the at the brewery, the guys that come in, you know, they come into work, they they do whatever they have to do. But everybody after work hangs out and hangs out outside, works on their motorcycles. Like that's a big thing. <laughs> Motorcycle culture for Oscar Blues is huge. And I haven't confirmed it, but supposedly, you know, that, that's what it is. And I thought that was awesome. They yeah, that's great cool. beer. They play with bikes all day. That that sounds um, that sounds pretty good. Let's make beer and then uh, let's, uh, let's 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 ride bikes. And I I bring up every time Oscar Blues comes up, they basically single handedly revived cans in craft beer. Yes, right? absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. they they were crazy people in the like late nineties or so when they were putting craft beer in cans, and now everybody cans their beer. That's funny. And also, they yeah, created the Crowler, which I mean, yes, really. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, God bless them for that. Because yeah, seriously, Growlers frankly kind of suck. Because like from at least my experience, you never know. I mean, a growler can last you a week, or it can last a day. Like you just, you yeah. just never. Know. But a, a crowler later, and it's gross. Yeah, a crowler, you know, you've got at least a three-week window, and if you can't finish a crowler within three weeks, and why'd you buy it? That's, yeah, that's that's my question. Yeah, that's you. that's a good point. I actually have a crowler sitting in in my bag right now, freshly poured of uh, Prairie's Birthday Bomb. Oh my! And it's oh, it's so good. That's a how big is a crowler? 32 ounces. Holy crap. That's, that's a lot, a lot of, of bomb. <laughs> that's a whole lot of bomb. I, I think it's like eight, four, eight point four percent something like that. And that's, that's the, that's the one drawback with the crowler is once you crack it, it's cracked. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 It's, so, no it's, a one, it's a one sitting type situation. And that's it. Well, it's not the strongest of the, the prairie bombs. It's there's so much flavor in there to, uh, to drink 32 ounces of that. That's a whole solo. lot of beer. That's yeah. a commitment. That's a full day. That's that's more than a day, um, oh, and the rain has started. That's awesome. I'm glad I'm covered. Uh, so my final uh, pairing here is also a porter. This is listed as an American porter, though. So I don't know what the difference is. Um, and this is from Fifty Fifty Brewing, and this is the Donner Party porter, which is fun to say. Um, but the Donner Party, they had some problems. I'm sure we've heard. You've all heard the story. Mm-hmm. Um, Fifty Fifty, yeah. Fifty Fifty is yeah. in uh, Truckee, California. <laughs> 
up by Vegas or Vegas up by Tahoe. And um, they're famous for the Eclipse, uh, barrel aged Eclipse uh, Stout, which is fantastic. Which is so good. It's so oh good. It's $35 a bottle, but it's, really, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. Every penny is worth it. So in You're New York, that's a $45 there? bottle. Well, well, 30 maybe. I don't know. They're like 20 25 here. Oh, wow. Really? Jeez. Yeah. And I always scoff at $20. No, they're, they're, uh, they're $29.95, I think. Jeez. And, and they I mean, have been for a while. That's a $45 bottle in New York. Easy. That's crazy. That's cr- it's so good. I mean, it's hard to say that it's worth it. And we're running out of time, so I'll move forward. But uh, we can talk about that later. Uh, so the Donner Party Porter, I have no idea when 50-50 started. Their website is kind of uh, tough to navigate. Uh, this is 6.7% uh, ABV. Uh, the first time this was posted on Beer Advocate was 2007. So I'm going to guess that's how long this beer has been around. Um, they're... Their uh, uh, description here, it's a complex uh, porter, uh, hints of oak cakes. I don't know what oak cakes are. Uh, they sound oak crunchy. Cakes, eh? Yeah. Uh, molasses, uh, smooth and rich dark chocolate, mocha, and espresso. Uh, it's, I mean, and this is, I mean, it's a porter. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's almost a little bit viscous. It's, it's definitely thick. The flavor profile is a little bit heavy on the coffee, so it kind of mutes the coffee in the cigar. But the earthy notes and that molasses really do go pretty nicely together. I think if I would have had this before I had the Scotch Ale, uh, I would have liked it more. It's a pretty good pairing, but that Scotch Ale for me was the pairing of the night. It's tough to beat that with those uh, that yeah. toffee and, and uh, toffee and caramel, and then you get the the maltiness on top of that. A little bit of peat, not a lot, and uh, mix that with the the flavor profile. This terrible can that's tough to beat, man. Um. Before I finish talking about my le- my level beer, um, the, the last segment is brought to you by none other than Drew Estate. They good. <laughs> we went back to that read, Rob. Nice. Uh, so the level beer um, let's play. This is a fantastic like interpretation of a pilsner. Unfortunately, just like you were saying, hops does not go well with a cigar. There are cigars that go well with hops. This just yeah. is not one of them. Uh, it's a fantastic beer. It just clashes so much with the cigar. That's tough. That, it's that, 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 the way you describe that beer, though, makes me want to try it. It's really good. Um, fantastic interpretation of a Pilsner. Like that, I, I, now I, I'm yeah, sold. I, I mean, it's not, it's not like a Pilsner. It's kind of like a... I mean, it reminds me a little bit of like a Session IPL, an India Pale Lager. Because it's a little bit hoppier, but it's still got that kind of like crisp Pilsner finish just with some extra hops. I really like it. It just doesn't go well with the cigar, which makes me sad. Yeah, that's too bad. I almost picked up a, uh, it was a a coffee vanilla lager that I saw today. Interesting. From Sudwerk. And uh, they have a brewery up in Sacramento and they only do lagers. So that was the first time I had had an IPL was one of theirs. Mm. And they had, uh, sorry, that was gross. And they had, um, yeah, I saw that today and I thought, man, I, I was this close to buying it because it just sounded really interesting. A yeah. coffee vanilla lager. I would try that. Yeah. I, I, I know exactly where it is. It's in the far right case, like halfway through. So maybe next time I go, I'll pick it up. So you're, you're definitely going to buy it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah it's probably, it's probably going to happen. I can't go into that place and leave without spending, my wife's not going to watch this. So like 75, 80 bucks. I can't, it's hard to not spend that much money. When you go to a good beer shop, it's easy to spend way too much money. Especially if you're buying one-offs because they, they jack the price up a little bit, and I don't blame them. And you're buying yeah. one-offs, and you're buying uh, you know bombers. It's like, 
next thing yeah, you know, like, it's like, I gotta crap. try this. I gotta yeah. try that one. I gotta it's try this. I'll never see that one again. Yeah, <laughs> man, you you guys have some great prices by you. My my prices, like if I eighty bucks at a beer store for me is like maybe a six pack, know, like four or five beers, depending on what it is. So you're saying I need to step up my game. That's fine. I'll tell. I'm going to tell Dana that, that Dennis said that I need to step up my you beer should. game. You should. And uh, Dana likes you a lot, so it's. I think I. I think I can get that to fly. <laughs> Dana's my wife. We we all hung out in uh, in New York. God, that was two years ago. Oh wow! Has it been that long? Yeah, that was two years ago. That was a lot of fun wow. though. Wow. Yeah, it was great to see you guys. Sure. <clears throat> so Dennis, we, how's your last pairing? Yeah, we have and, one more pairing to go. You know, guys, I got to tell you this. This is by far the best one out of my three. The best one, not just because I love the beer, which I do. It sits so well on the palate. Before I said, you know, with with the with the with the uh, pale ale, I said that the it, it's kind of sticks to your palate, right? This sticks to your palate too, but in a much better way. The malt sweetness stays on your palate and balances out the cigar in the final third, where normally cigars get a little bit stronger, a little hotter. Mm-hmm. I'm getting so much spice out of the cigar on this, and it's a good spice. It's a like it's a new dimension for flavor on the cigar, which is awesome. And we talked about that before, right? It's a, a medium body cigar, but it's so complex. And you're smoking the Fino. On. You're smoking the Fino, Fino. which is, yeah. uh, it's what, uh, six, is it the six by 44 or six and a um, half by 40? It's one of those, it's one of those it's two. It's 44, I think it's a six and a half. Six and a half by 44, yeah. So it's like, a, yeah, like a Lonsdale. And uh, yeah, exactly. that, that to me is the spiciest expression mm-hmm. of this particular cigar now spicy relatively speaking it's not it's not like a lajero bomb where you're getting a ton yeah. of that spice it's not that um it's just the spiciest version of this particular cigar so it sounds like you picked the right vitola for that particular beer i was so close to picking it i've got i man when i went into my local spot they had cases of it and i thought man how many of these cases should i buy yeah how, i saw that how, picture on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. How many can I get away with? Where can I hide these in the house? So my wife's not going to find them. Um, but, uh, you know, I, there's enough of it this year. Last year, I didn't get any, which was very disappointing. Uh, this year, there's enough of it around that I know I can go back and get more. And I do feel like this year's inter- or this year's interpretation of the Death by Coconut is a little bit uh, smokier than it has been in the past. Yeah, it At is. least the, yeah, the ones I've that I've that as well. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not as sweet. It's uh, the first time I had it. It reminded me of those Girl Scout cookies, the Samoas, you know, with the chocolate oh, yeah. and, and the caramel. That's what it reminded me of. This one's no, not nearly as sweet, and I think I like it a little bit better. I, I got to try this year's version then, because I've always thought it was a little sweet, but not like overpoweringly, not not in a bad way necessarily. Yeah, but I, I feel like a little less sweetness would be good. Yeah, I think this one's a bit more complex. So good pairings, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so 50, we were all over the. Board. So. <laughs> For me, the Freem Pilsner is kind of the winner tonight, um, just because my other two didn't go that great with it. The Gloria was weird at first, but I feel like it got better. And um, I think as far as Pilsners go, a classic German-style Pilsner is the way to go for the Tierra Vulcan. Um, and none of mine were quite a classic Pilsner. <laughs> um, we initially were going to do an Oktoberfest show. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Oktoberfest pairings with this would have been pretty nice. Yeah, I, I agree. Malt, a malt forward type beer uh, yeah. for me. Now that I've now that I've experienced it, um, this is definitely uh, the way to go as far as pairing with this one, in my opinion. So for me, I've said it already, but I'll say it again. 
just because I want to show you guys a label one more time because I really think it's cool. <laughs> the, uh, the Highland Marauder from uh, Montgomery, Montgomery. I always want to say Montgomery. Morgan Territory Brewing, uh, Scotch Ale. That's definitely the winner for me. Absolutely. Harley Holmes wants to know if you're going to get that as a tramp stamp. Negative. <laughs> Negative. I would. I would totally do it. No, if, if uh, there were ever going to be tattoos, they would probably be Giants World Series Championship logos because I'm that guy. Um, yep. But just not that guy. So <laughs> that, uh, I mean, that kind of made sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, it made enough sense. Enough sense, exactly. And we're, we're reaching the end of our cigars here. Um, and we've reached the end of our the end of our show, so we're gonna wrap it up. Um, Are we doing after dark or no? I mean, we could do an after dark. You want to? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll do an after dark because we uh, have to give away the prizes. We haven't done that. That's yet. true. For those listening on the Armed Forces Radio Network, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate your listening. We hope you you know got some rack time to sit back, relax. Um, probably not pair a beer with this cigar, but maybe you know smoke whatever you have on hand. Uh, just take a little relaxing time. We appreciate you guys out there doing something we're not built to do. Absolutely. And that, that's Rob. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, um, for sure. Anyway, we appreciate it. Um, so tune in next week. We'll be back with another guest. Or Sorry, we won't be back with a guest on sharing our pairings. I was getting in cigar chat mode up here. <laughs> All right. And now we're in the after dark. Oh, that was a quick transition. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a good editor. He's on point. Nice. Nice. You didn't even you didn't need the five for the countdown in the back. <laughs> no, I'm good. So God bless him, Matt. I got a question Go for you. So curious though, the the, the Pilsner, the, the funky one. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the difference because it was starting to get warmer, and you noticed that it was it was getting a little bit better as it warmed up? Because that happens to me a lot. I, with a lot no. of my beers, I enjoy them more as they warm up. No, I, I think okay. the funk just actually went a little better with the tobacco. Uh, I just took another sip while you were asking that. Uh, the funk is definitely more pronounced now than it was before. I'm getting less of the hops and more of that like malty funk. That I'm, I'm just not sure what to make of it. I like I, a good funk, man. I, I, I feel the same thing when, when you're saying that uh, when your beers warm up, you enjoy them a bit more um, <clears throat> for specific styles of beer. I think it works. Yes, and absolutely. oddly, like IPAs for me, when they warm up, they really open up a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm you get, the same way. You get a lot more of that, like, you get a little more of that, like, resiny quality of the hops that kind of yeah. stick to your tongue a little bit. But you also get more of those floral notes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, if, if I'm getting, if I'm having an IPA, I let it, I take it out of the fridge and let it sit for, like, 10, 15 minutes before I drink it. Like, what, I plan ahead. What we've talked about that we do. Dennis and I both do this. I pour it ice, ice cold, as cold as I can get it. And I take a sip and I set it on the counter for 20 minutes. Oh, interesting. And then I come back and see how it's changed. Oh, I'm going to do that. So, so a lot of times, like when I'm drinking an IPA, it sounds weird, but I'll, I'll take like an hour and a half sometimes to drink an IPA. Yeah. Ju- just because I'm restraining myself so I can taste the, the difference as it warms up. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's tough. Um, I, I picked up recently an IPA that was a, uh, a collaboration between EJ Fair, which is a local, like a brew pub, and a couple of different breweries. And I, it's called Hot Mix, and this is their second one. And it has, it's kind of a East Coast style in the sense that it's a, a bit hazy, so it's got some wheat mm-hmm. in there, so a bit smoother mouthfeel. But it's not super fruity. It's kind of like a West Coast style East Coast IPA. Yeah, that makes sense. Like that kind of makes sense. Yeah, and like I can't not drink that 
It's so easy to drink. It's so good. And I went through a couple of four packs. And these are, I mean, the four packs of the 16 ounce cans. And I went through a couple and I was like, oh, I'm going to pick up a couple more today. And it's all gone. So yeah, it's like, I hate when that happens. Oh, that, that happened to me. I don't even remember what beer it was, but there was some beer that I saw at the store and was like, I'm going to try one of these. And I bought one and went back and they were all gone. And now it's like, if I see something that sounds like it's going to be that good, I'm just going to buy a bunch of them. Yeah, you got to get it. You're like the guy back in the day went into the cigar shop and didn't really know what he was doing, but just you saw like a, I don't know, like a dirty rat. And yeah. You thought, oh, that's a cool name. I'll buy one of these. You smoke it like, oh, this is awesome. Then you go back and like, yeah, dude, those those were gone. Like the day we yeah. got them. Yeah, dude, <laughs> you had no gone. idea how lucky you were. You had no you concept of it. That's, I mean, now you can find them everywhere, but uh, I mean, back in the day, you couldn't. That's, uh, I mean, kids these days, they have no idea. They don't understand how hard it was to find <laughs> that stuff. Five years ago, it was tough. Kids, it was. You know, I mean, it was tough to find, like, a, a League of Nine when they first came out. Like, they hit the shelves and they were just gone. Do you remember like the, the drought of 2013? Oh, yeah. They were oh, impossible to get. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of funny, actually. Um, that reminded me of, uh, oh, what's the movie where uh, Tim Roth is undercover? Uh, why can't I think of it? Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, his anecdote. Yeah. It over and over again. <laughs> Like the, the, oh, yeah. the great pot uh, drought of 1986 or whatever <laughs> the hell he was talking about. That's funny. Anyway, my mind goes all over the place. <clears throat> but I'm telling you, man, if you guys get a chance, I'm going to show you this one more time. If you guys get a chance to check this out, Highland Marauder. It's a cool name. This is a really good beer, man. I'm going to have to save you looking for that one. Yeah, I don't know if they – I have no idea how far they, they uh, distribute. Like I said, this is the first time I had, I had had them. They've only been around for a few years, but um, – so far, their stuff is pretty good, and all their their graphic designer is good. If you go to their website, all their logos are pretty sweet. Yeah, all all kind of that similar tattoo kind of feel. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they got a little bit of an edge to them, but they're they're some of them are very California too. So yeah, if you, if you don't like California, then don't bother. So I, I just realized this this uh, the Key Lime Gosa is my one thousand check in on untapped. Wow, that's you know, like, I mean, congratulations. That's a lot. Since since April yeah. 2016. Oh my God. That's that's Matt Ross status right there. All right. Next I, week on sharing our pairings, <laughs> we'll have an intervention, intervention. status. <laughs> I mean, so the thing problem is, is oh, go ahead. Robbie, you, you've been to this place actually. You remember Rattle and Hum? Yep. We went after uh, we went up in the building. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's my local spot, and I hang out with the manager and the staff, and they're all great people and. They've been curating some really cool stuff. But what I do is if it's packed, I go in and I order two beers at a time just so that, you know, if it's really busy, I don't want to bother the staff and I don't want to wait too long. So I order two beers and I'll get like two IPAs. I'll drink one cold and then the second one, I'll let it sit for a little bit. And I guess during lunchtime when I come in, sometimes I get a chance to to sample some of the stuff that um, some of the reps bring in or, you know, stuff that's just about to go on tap that's just fresh. And so that's I end up you know checking in tons of beer that way. I can imagine if that place was right across the street from where I work, I'd have about a thousand check-ins too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that place was awesome, man. That was awesome. Really, it, cool. it's cool. They're doing some cool stuff. And the other week, I actually had a chance to meet. Um, uh, his name was Paul Hletko from Few Few Spirits. Oh yeah. So the, the manager at, at the bar had a uh, a pairing night. So it was basically like you would you'd pay eighteen bucks and you'd get three pairings. You get three. Um, spirits and three beers, like a half ounce pour of, of the spirit okay. and then a uh, four ounce pour of the beer, which in New York for 18 bucks is a good deal. When you get yeah. a few and you're getting, you know, good mezcal, 
Oh, man. He's drinking quality right. stuff. Yeah. It's all my scouts tough, man. It's tough. Oh, you're not a fan? I'm, I'm not no. a tequila fan at all. Yeah. It's, mes- uh, mezcal does it for me. I don't know. I like it. There's I mean, the, smoky, yeah. the smoky aspect. I didn't mean to hijack your story. Um, but go, go ahead. Finish your story. Oh, no, no, no. That was it. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I not, not very interesting. <laughs> so, so Dana and I just took a trip to uh, – we went to Oktoberfest. And we were in – so we started out in Amsterdam and worked our way down through Belgium and then went all the way down to, uh, to Munich. So it was a great beer trip. I love Kolsch, by the way. Yeah, fresh, me too. Huge fan. Fresh, real Kolsch. Oh, forget about it. I did, can drink it all day. Did you drink any Heineken in Amsterdam? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, oh we went, I did. Yeah, I did. We did the Heineken experience. It's so much better over there. Every, it's just, I said the same thing about Guinness when I went to Dublin for the first time. It's, it's, I'm drinking it, and, and Dana and I kind of said the same thing. Like, first of all, if you're in Amsterdam and you like beer, even if you don't like Heineken because it's like, oh, played out or whatever, go do the Heineken experience at their, the tour at their factory and, or their uh, brewery factory. That's a cigar thing. Do the, do the tour at their brewery because it's freaking awesome. You go through and you do the tour, and the tour's done in about 20 minutes, and it's cool. It's kind of, I think it was self-guided, if memory serves. And so you're just kind of walking. Are we self-guided? Anyway, it doesn't matter. And you get down to the bottom, and they have so much. There's, like, virtual reality stuff. There's video games. <laughs> there was a room that was just foosball tables. Wow. <laughs> it, and, and there's all this different stuff that you're doing. And then you get to the end, and it's like a club. And Dana and I felt super old. Like I'm 40. I'm not old, but like I haven't been to the club scene in a while. <laughs> and so we're down there, and they got the music going and everything. And they were they had like a beer pouring contest. So you go up and you're pulling from the taps, and like, of course, Dana did it and she won. Of course, uh, I I got reprimanded because I did a couple of things wrong. Um, but uh, it's like it's such a cool experience, and you get like three beers. And it's not super expensive. And we were uh, drinking our beers, and I, I looked over at Tana. I was like, God, this is really good. Why don't we drink more Heineken? So it's the same thing. Like, it's it tastes so much. When it's so, fresh, it's so good. So it's I had a bottles. I had a one-hour layover in, Am- in the Amsterdam airport. Um, but my flight to the Amsterdam airport from London was delayed. So I ended up with a six-hour layover, and I just went to some, like, pub there. And they had the Heineken tap that was, like, all frozen, which was really cool. It was, like six inches of ice on the outside of this tap handle because you could get it normal or cold because they don't normally serve it like super refrigerated and i took one sip and it was like wow this tastes nothing like heineken tastes in my mind it's yeah it's it's kind of amazing um why did i bring this up oh mezcal so we went out we went out the second night that we were there and first of all when you're flying from california to amsterdam your your whole system is screwed by the time you get there because it's like 14 tra- 14 tra- travel hours and you lose nine hours so it's like yeah. a, your body's a full day completely off the books and uh so we get there and we we found this bar and, and it turned out that dana's old roommate who we hadn't seen since our wedding was there kind of randomly and we all hung out and we're having a good time and the bartender was we made friends with the bartender so he was pouring us a lot of drinks and um, he and I were doing uh, shots of Fernet all night, and I oh, oh my man, oh, I can't. I am not a shot. I can't do Fernet. I am not a shots guy, but I love that stuff. Dude, oh, that, it's so that good. So good. Love it. It is, it's, oh it is clearly it is clearly a love or hate relationship with Fernet. Well, I drank uh, too much when I lived in Prague, so that's why that's why okay. I hate oh. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I ever lived in Prague, I would work that into every conversation. 
<laughs> he does it, actually. I, I don't blame you, dude. I try. Because I do. I do try. <laughs> I'd have shirts that say "I lived in Prague." Like, actually, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to make that shirt and sell it because that's just pretty cool. Um, so anyway, the last drink we had that night, we let the bartender make whatever he wanted to make, and so he made us a mezcal old fashioned, mm-hmm. oh. and it was a bad idea. It was bad. <laughs> It was a bad idea. The rest of the night was fine. We ended with that, and it was—I mean, we made it through, and I got home okay. And you know, that was the only night that we really had a tr- had any trouble, other than Oktoberfest. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, Dana and I did Oktoberfest. It was on a Monday. We get there, and we're in our—I'm in my leader hose, and she's got her drindle going. And you got to dress up. I don't know. Have either of you guys been? No, no. I've always wanted if, to. Never if, been. Well, well, Dennis lived in Prague. I mean, if you, you live in Prague, <laughs> it's not an unfair I, question. <laughs> fair point i never made it sadly uh, it is it's beer disneyland almost as as a literal description it's beer disneyland it's a total fair outside and you can only drink beer in the tents and we got there at 10 30 which is when they open and we didn't have reservations because there's only two of us and so we were worried about getting seats so we get there early and we were and they only serve you liters of beer and so we're drinking pretty oh, much wow. we're drinking pretty much all day and then at 5 30 Claudio and Costa, who is the uh, the owner of Smoke Maniunk in mm-hmm. in Philly, show up and like come to hang out and drink with us and like and so they're just getting started and Dana and I are like seven liters in, so <laughs> it was it it had the potential to get really really bad. We left kind of early, um, which was good because I've seen the pictures from after we left and they were on roller coasters and stuff. Oh god. Roller- Roller coasters just seem like such a bad idea at a beer centric event. Nine liters of beer in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but if I mean, if you like beer and you like to travel, you have to go to Oktoberfest. You got to do it. It's it's completely worth it. I don't know if I'd go back there just for Oktoberfest, but I'd love to go back to Munich actually when it's not Oktoberfest and experience it with uh, maybe few tourists. But um, <laughs> it's an it's. I mean, Germany is a pretty awesome country. Uh, it is very cool. I, I actually ended up when I was living in Prague. I did travel to uh, to Hanover, and I spent a okay. week in Hanover. Um, and just getting there was was an experience. We we took a night train out of okay. Prague, and we had a connection in some tiny little town at two o'clock in the morning, nice in the middle of winter, which was terrifying. <laughs> because you know people in Germany in general in smaller towns, you know they they go to bed at like you know eight nine o'clock. Yeah. Doors are locked, mm-hmm. lights are off, nobody's around, nobody's on the streets. Um, but it was cool. Hanover was really cool. That's more northern Germany, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we kind of did the the like west coast of Germany and the west coast. side of Germany. It's not a coast. West side of Germany, <laughs> and then down into uh, Bavaria. I did get to drive on the autobahn. Oh, which did you did you go two hundred miles an hour? <laughs> I got I got up to a hundred about one hundred and fifty five miles per hour. So it was like two hundred and thirty, two hundred and forty. What were you driving? An Audi. Okay. We rented it. We rented like an it. A5. No, it was just an A4 wagon. So oh, I was wow. gonna say Volkswagen doesn't go that fast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> then an A4. It was. It's an A4 wagon, but over there they do like the the BMW 3 Series. They make wagons out of everything over there, which I yeah. don't really see those over here. People but love going, wagons over there. I was going a buck fifty, and it was like smooth, man. No rattle, no nothing. Dana was asleep in the passenger seat, and then and people were still flying past me. It's like okay, that's about as fast as I want to go. But it was uh, it was a lot of fun. We drove down to uh, when the cops are coming. Sorry about that. 
uh, we drove down to uh, see some of the castles and stuff <clears throat> down in the oh, uh, lower part of Bavaria. It was an awesome trip. Had a lot of fun, but definitely, man, if if you guys like beer, Oktoberfest is, is worth it. I'll put it on the bucket list. Absolutely. I crossed two things off the bucket list, Oktoberfest. And while we were flying over there, because you fly from California, we went over kind of the southern tip of Greenland and we saw the northern lights. Ooh. Oh, wow. From okay. the plane, outside the window of the plane. And it was it, it was almost kind of like we were flying through them, even though I don't think that's possible. Because it's like you can't really find the end of the rainbow type of thing. Yeah. It's, it, but it felt like we were flying through them. It's, if you've never seen them, it's so hard to explain. Words just don't do it. Like, you, what's that movie with Jodie Foster where they send her to heaven or something? She's like, should have sent a poet. Contact. Oh. Oh, contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was aliens. <laughs> no words. Should have sent a poet. I can, th- I can see Peter Griffin saying it. Anyway. Uh, funny uh, thing about rainbows is they're actually uh, they're, uh, circles. Yeah. You can see them from a plane, actually. Which is weird, right? So you can never actually find the end of a rainbow. It doesn't exist. The refraction of the light makes it seem like it's just an arc, but it's it's really just a, a, a giant circle. We've learned something today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I said you can't find the end of the rainbow, I was actually correct. That's weird. I'm usually not right. Uh, let's give away some shirts. Here's All right. You guys picked. Uh, I already picked. Hmm. Uh, Jason Savka and Harley Holmes. Awesome. Send me, send me an email, trip at cigarfederation.com. Nice. Trip with two Ps. T R I P P. Shirt uh, size. And yeah, send me your shirt size. Rob will will get you one of those fancy fancy mumbachas. They're shirts. cool. They look good. Our shirts are pretty sweet. I get. I honestly, I get compliments every time I wear my mumbacho shirt. They're comfortable too. Mostly from my wife, but still. Well, <laughs> that's the only place I get compliments. It's now. the only compliment yeah. that matters. Come on. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a good. That's a really good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the moral of the story is. I think Tierra Volcan pairs the best with something that's more on the malty side. That's my moral of the story. I, I didn't have anything malty enough to pair well that well with it, um, but the the Freem Pilsner was the closest to the target. Yeah, when we did a Pilsner show back in the day with Claudio, I think we all did pretty basic stuff except for the cucumber wasabi thing that I had, um, and kind of just a basic Pilsner works out really well. I mean, yeah, steam steam whistle if you can get it. Is always a good pairing. Oh yeah, that, I've that's we really I only get that when I'm down in uh, in Nicaragua. But apparently, you know, maybe I can be maybe I'll be able to get that soon. Who knows? Oh, I hope so. I want to try it. You never had it? Nope. I, I say that I've only had like two. <laughs> like you've never had it? Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> no, it's um, uh, it's uh, it's it's a pretty good beer. That's a a pilsner. It's in it's uh, from a brewery in Canada that is. Uh, owned by one of the uh, founding members of Mombacho. So that's why we talk about it. That was for the De- listeners, not for you guys. You already knew that. Yeah. Dennis, you got any closing comments before we, uh, we wrap this up? Yeah. Uh, so talking about the craftsmanship of the cigar, my, so, so my wine door has been really funky li- lately, last like couple weeks. And I've been pushing about 75 on my humidity, which, which I can't figure out what, what's going on with it. Um, and so this cigar has been sitting in my humidor for a little bit now and it was, it was beat to crap over humidified for sure. And I lit it up and man, this thing is like, it's burning like a champ still pretty clean, tastes good, burns great. And that speaks volumes about the craftsmanship of the cigar. 
That's good to hear. I, I couldn't be happier. That's good to hear. Yeah, this time of year, it's always tough with humidity. This is when my humidity spikes, too. For this is reason. when my humidity drops. Like, we get really dry oh. winters, so my humidity is struggling right now. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, well, that's, right. no, that's good to hear because, I mean, construction, nothing can turn you off faster than a poorly constructed cigar. So. And then again, also, you have to remember, right, it's, it's a handmade product, so it's not always going to be perfect, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's and for the most part, I mean, um, companies will make that right if uh, if that's brought to their oh, attention. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, so I mean, if uh, if you're ever smoking a Mombacho cigar and you have a problem, um, I mean, take a picture of it or whatever, and and reach out to us. And when I say reach out to us, it means you'll reach out to me. Uh, anywhere you uh, <laughs> anywhere you contact Mombacho, it's either mombachocigars.com or at Mombacho Cigars, pretty much anywhere. M O M B A C H O. Um, Look at the hat. Yeah. If you're watching on video. That's, that's a nice hat, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I these, like yours, too. Thank you. Yeah, they're, uh, these, these hats were a lot more popular than I anticipated. I get, on an average, throughout a week, 10 to 15 emails asking wow. where, where to get this wow. particular hat. All right. um, and it's this cool one, with the camo. It looks good. Yeah, I, I'm, luckily, I'm in a company with guys who like camo, and I'm, I'm a big camo guy. So I just this when I saw this hat I was like absolutely we have to make it. Um, it's a snapback which I've you know snapbacks are, are kind of coming back in style. I've never really been a big snapback guy, but uh, this is one of the few that I like. Um, but uh, anyway, we will have uh, we'll have a merch store opening pretty soon on mopachocigars.com. Nice. Uh, oh, so sweet. Um, I don't know if this one's going to be available there. This might be an event only type thing. You know, you got to come out to an event and uh, and buy some cigars and and get a hat, but. Uh, They'll, they'll be around and different styles. We've got a couple other. You've seen the brown. We have a brown trucker. Yeah, uh, I have one of those. And uh, how did you get two? Claudio, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'm oh. slacking. Uh, I got wonder, a weasel. I wonder why we're running out. And meanwhile, Dennis, I don't, Dennis, I didn't even send you a shirt, did I? Uh, no. I didn't. Yeah, well. But, well you, but you did send me a bunch of cigars, which thank you again for that. That's awesome. I yeah. smoked the Liga Maestro, and I really liked it, man. It, it blew was, your socks off. Dude, I, I was dead. I was going like two days without sleep. I was dead tired. And I was like, man, I need a cigar and I need to push through some work. And I lit it up and it was awesome. It carried me through into the next day, actually. That's that. <laughs> that's I'm, I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it. That's that Liga Maestro for me is one of the most unique cigars I've ever smoked. It's it's got such a unique flavor profile. And I mean, these are Nicaraguan puros. I mean, this is 100 percent Nicaraguan tobacco. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have for me a lot of the uh, cliche Nicaraguan flavors. I, I guess we can say cliche now. It's been around long enough. Um, and there's nothing wrong with those flavors. It's just when I remember the first time I smoked each of these cigars and then I was, then I learned that it was a Nicaraguan pure. I said, you gotta be kidding. It just doesn't taste like it's different. It's very different. There's just, there's so much going on in these, uh, in these cigars. And um, I mean, you, you look at the blends and we have an awful lot of blend information on our website uh, for the, for these cigars. And there's a lot of the same tobaccos throughout um, both of the blends. So to get such a uh, drastically different experience is really a testament to Claudio. I mean, that guy knows what he's doing. <clears throat> and you and absolutely, uh, Trip, you've tasted his cooking too. So yes, I have, <laughs> and it's very good. Well, he, can, <laughs> he he can cook, man. All right, well, I, I've kept you guys here long enough. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, we'll wrap it up now. Uh, everybody who's watching, listening. Thank you. We appreciate your viewership, your listenership. Um, tell a friend about it. That's 
That's basically our entire marketing campaign is, is you <laughs> telling one other person about it. That's the only way we get new listeners. Um, but again, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks for wasting an hour and a half of your time listening to us talk about stuff like rolled up leaves and <laughs> old fermented water. Water. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we, we appreciate you guys listening. We like doing this. We like that you guys are into it. Um, yeah, thanks absolutely. again. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. It's always fun uh, to come back to the old stomping grounds and uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and be a guest. It's still hard for me to not try to like take over and be the host because it was just so ingrained after doing it for four and a half years or however long we did it. Um, but no, it's always fun, and uh, let's uh, let's do it again. Absolutely. Yeah, man, it was a pleasure. All right, guys. Everybody have a good night.